Motorcycles and Misfits coming to you from the Recycle Garage in Santa Cruz, California. Sure, 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 sure. <laughs> sunny is a really strong word. Ew. It was pretty sunny today. It was nice. Yeah, it was yeah, but the, you know, sunny, sunny is a state of mind, darling. It's a state of mind, Charlie. Hey, everyone. This is Liza, and I can say my number right now is seven. Also with us in the garage tonight, it's Miss Emma. <laughs> Hello, darlings. And I can exclusively reveal to you all, because it's just us, my number goes up to 11. <laughs> what? It goes up, yes, it goes up to 11. It used to go oh, up right. to 10, but I wanted just a little bit more. So now it goes up to 11. That's one more. Yes, exactly. And one more than 10. Joining us from their love shack, it's Charlie and Micah. <laughs> These are currently N minus one. Oh, our. We are in minus one. Sold two, bought one. Mm-hmm. Exactly. We'll get to that. Mm. And uh, coming to us from his luxurious abode with his f- new four-legged friend, it's Bagel. Meow, 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 meow. <laughs> <laughs> Quit playing with your pussy, Bagel. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I can't help it. She won't leave me alone. <laughs> Wait, are we talking about your cat or your girlfriend? Yes. My, my oh cat. Oh, my God. She went there. <laughs> I oh needed God. to clarify. That's all. Oh, look how happy that little cat is. Yes, this is Persephone. I adopted her yesterday. And she is a sweet little love bug. Well, we can see that. Persephone. Oh, nice. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and, yeah, she purrs a lot. And um, she's about a year old. And uh, yeah, she's super happy to be here. I'm, I'm really, and I'm excited and hey. just over the moon. <laughs> well, and also joining us is everyone's favorite trailer trash. It's Rick. Oh, I'm trashy. <laughs> That's not right. Deny it. Deny it. Yeah. Well, you. Uh, hi, I'm Rick. <laughs> I, I may own a house, but I sure do live in a trailer <laughs> or enigma to be continued. <laughs> well, I'll tell you who would live in a trailer if it came with a, you know, a giant five car garage. It's Douglas. Hi. Welcome. Uh, hi. Good to have good to have me. What, what <laughs> oh, it is good to have you. Doug. My number is six. 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 Nice. Eleven. Doug, it's so nice to have you back. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's good to be back. You never really run, went away. You've no, always I've been really around. I've just been <laughs> sheltering in my little cave. <laughs> I know. So, um, yeah, so we'll get to the news. So I said my number is seven. And of course, that number is the number of bikes I have in my garage. And yesterday, that number was eight. And that's because I sold the CX500 Turbo. Yay! Yay. And you know what? I thought you would be sadder about it, but you're kind of stoic about it because you know it's gone on to a better place. I always feel that you felt you weren't giving that bike everything it needed. Uh, Well, I don't have a weatherproof garage, and I don't have any opportunity to ride it 
and I'm I don't need something to ride to shows to have old men talk to me. Yes. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> Welcome to my life, darling. <laughs> I know. Change no. your mind. <laughs> uh, it's a very cool bike, and it's one of those bikes that I can say I owned. But I really do care about the bike, and and Emma, I think you can uh, attest to that. I care most about the bike and finding a better situation for the bike. Yeah. And I found the best situation. Uh, and yes. that is that I found a nice new owner who I also kicked in, uh, you know, a thousand bucks of Emma credit to do whatever he wants her to do to it. So now the bike is going to be able to go to the next level of not so much restoration. What do you call it? Uh, I, I think that. Preservation. Preservation. Preservation yes. is the key with that bike because it's so good. I think, you know, a little localized touch up here and there, a little bit of refinishing on the nuts and bolts, a little bit of just laying of the hands on it, really going to bring it up to the next level. Yeah, I I just want to see that that bike goes to a better home. And look, I did my job is when I got it, it was in pieces. And I got it together and running and 100% functioning. So I hope that every other person who is in its life takes it a little bit further. That's all I want. But I'm not the only one who bought or sold a bike. Charlie, well, what'd you we do? we sold 525 cc's and got 600. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's a good way to look at it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So what'd you, what'd you sell? Well, the well, we sold the Honda Grom a while ago, but it just hadn't been picked We're up. In the process of, of selling it, my friend Sky just started riding. She took my class, uh, or took the CMSP class with me teaching it a couple weeks ago, and she finally got her license. She's been slowly buying the bike from us piece by piece. So now she's got uh, just a like the handlebars and the brakes left. Um, so we split her. <laughs> keep yeah, yeah. Uh, and we also sold. Oh, well, yeah. So Adrian bought the DRZ. Oh, good. Oh, yeah. Um, and just as a reminder for people, um, Adrian um, is president of yes. the Vampires, right? Yep. And all her bikes burnt up in the fire up in mm -hmm. Boulder Creek <clears throat> last summer. And um, yes. she's been looking for replacements. And I think the yeah. DRZ rang the bell. Yep. Yep. She's been borrowing it for a couple weeks already, and weeks? Uh, no, like months. She, well, <laughs> I've been letting her use it, yeah. and then it was like, "Well, you want to buy it?" And then it was like, "Yeah, so it worked out." Well, I, I gave her. I told, asked if she wanted to buy it or if she wanted to give it back. Um, yeah. Either was fine with me, or if she wanted to borrow it for longer. But whatever. Um, but what'd I you bought, get? What'd you get? What'd you get? I bought a two thousand CBR six hundred. Track bike. Track bike. Nice. With zero lights, um, zero speedometer, and it kind of has a tachometer, but not really. <laughs> right. And this is a true track bike. Um, me and Charlie, we were looking over it because, you know, we, we wanted to do some maintenance that had obviously been deferred for a very long time. Well, and we got to the engine number. And it has no engine number. And so you immediately think, oh, it's stolen. But it's not. The plinth is there and cast. It's just never had one. Well, so I bought the bike and I got a vague backstory 
which basically some racing team built the bike back in whenever the fuck. And it's then like sat in storage and then it's gone through a bunch of different owners in the track community. And it's been a lot of people's like secondary race bike, but the owner I purchased it from basically had no idea what's been done to it. Um, and said, yeah, it's ran on 110 octane and we rejetted it so it can run on pump gas. And I was like, I don't think that's how that works. <laughs> <laughs> you know? so, and that's when I'm like, okay, so this guy, and I asked like, do you have any paperwork or documentation about like what's been done to the motorcycle? And you know, nothing's there. And I was like, well, do you have like the old jets that you took out of it? And he's like, no, the guy kept them. And I'm like, okay. Oh. Well, <laughs> oh, no. I'm like, all right. So I just brought it down the garage and I just want to like go through the whole thing. I want to check the compression and I want to just try to figure out what's been done to the motor because it's obviously a race motor at this point. There's obvious. Motor yes. Done to yes. It. It's um, very low peer idle. It's got cams in it. I'll tell you that much. Like it, it maybe it's big bore. Who knows? Um, so I got a question. Um, can you not get um, injectors from like an F4I? Is that something you can swap out? I don't want to. You know, I mean, it'd be so much. I mean, you can't just put injectors on. What you'd have to do is you'd put the injectors on it, then the fuel rail, mm -hmm. then the ECU, then the fuel tank and pump, and so on and so on, and then the ambient air sensor and the engine temperature sensor and blah, 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 blah. It's easier just to buy an F4i. And on top of that, Liza, there is nothing wrong with carbureted bikes. Yeah. You know? Well, well like except for this mystery jet system going well, on. <laughs> well, so basically we, we were working with what we what somebody had said. So I said, Charlie, let's pull the bank of the carbs off and have a look at what's in there so we've got the knowledge. So the carbs came off, we pulled the bowls off, and if I remember right, Charlie, it was – 140 in the outside two and 142 fives in the center two, right? Yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah. And that's about where you want to be. So the stock jets were 132s. So he's gone up about 8%, which is about where you want to be for stock airbox straight through exhaust, <clears throat> which is what you've got. So he's about on the money. Well, so if it's running much higher compression wouldn't your jets change as well well it, it, no it's all down to efficiency of the engine right. um i'm pretty happy with where the carburation is um we'll know a little more when we get the frigging lid off it and <laughs> yeah. have a look at the cams so i bought um, a new lid just so you know so we can destroy that thing yeah um unfortunately the, i don't know whether it's age or um Somebody had glued it on. I think but, it's, both. it's very likely it was glued on if it, those motors did. Yeah. Wait, you're not cool. supposed to use liquid nails for a gasket yeah. maker? <laughs> I mean, so I, I think this guy had, close. hadn't he, Charlie? Yeah. It, <laughs> it probably was the original race team that did that. So just to explain, um, all the CBR600s, the later ones, have quite a peculiar valve cover gasket um it's got a big rubber seal that goes around the perimeter but then it's got four pear-shaped 
individual gaskets that go around the plug holes, and they're so quite I, large. When I look at the gasket, it looks like those are connected with the main gasket. Yeah, but it's only connected by a little bit of string. You yeah, know, it's, 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 it's one piece, but you regard them as individual. Yeah. And Charlie's gasket is actually stuck on those four. And I mean, it is stuck. So the sacrificial part here really has to be the valve cover. Because if we destroy the cylinder head, I mean, it's the end of the world, isn't no, it, we were, Charlie? We were, like, trying to pry that thing. We were, like, fucking hitting it with hammers. Like, that thing's not moving. Like The dead right. blow side whack didn't quite do it. No. Absolutely yeah. not. And it's a difficult – it needs pulling up in the center. It needs pulling up around the well, holes. They, they welded, like, this stiffener in the frame right above the valve cover that's not factory. Right, Emma? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's – bitch to do any work to the valve cover because there's this goddamn metal bar in the way extra parts hell yeah <laughs> uh, but it like jason was there and he was saying that's to like stiffen the front end or whatever yeah does that, and, mean you, does that mean you have to drop the engine then no there's enough clearance it's just like there's a there's just something in the way so you just a yeah, and okay. it was it was more of an annoyance rather than anything else because i wanted to have a look at the cams and and measure them and see what the overlap well, is and, and, the, and the height of them but we'll do that next week charlie they probably the valves probably haven't been touched since it was an actual race bike back in like you know 20 years ago so it's right probably a really good idea to inspect and adjust the valves anyways yeah exactly and i mean that really should be a starting point for anybody if you buy a used bike and it's got some miles on it yeah and the fact is charlie doesn't know how many miles there is on this bike because it's got no speedo it's got an hour meter but that was a very previous owner that would you there. like to speculate that that hour meter is from 2000 no it only has two and a half hours on it the dude put it the very last owner that i bought it right put the hour meter on it because they wanted some sort of tachometer but it the thing's useless as a tack because so, right so it's got two and a half hours since they glued the cover on. Oh, mate, no. it's probably got 15 <laughs> years since they glued the cover on. But, I mean, it's your, it's basically it's your starting point for any yeah. used bike. Change the oil, change the plugs, check the valve clearance if, if it's got any miles on it. And that's really a starting point. And then maybe check the air filter and blah. And just do a full service. Well, and get it back up and running to 100%. In the context of this motorcycle that you know that its life has been ridden really aggressively and hard on the track, and then I'm going to be riding it on the track at pace and really, you know, stressing the motor out that you want to just make sure everything's good before you, you know, start going crazy with it. Right. So, Charlie, you know why I'm so excited for your bike? Why? Because this means you're going to do, like, I assume you're going to get into the AFM racing, the local racing chapter here. And no, he's just going to get a pile of money and burn it on fire. <laughs> <laughs> um, I feel like dropping two sets of tires every weekend. Doug, you should be excited as well, because my first year that I moved here, when I didn't really have a lot of friends, um, these few friends that I did have, were AFM racers. And I would spend weekends going with them to the AFM races. and when you do that and you get to know the community there and you see the same people all the time and you see how uh, much of a community is and that people are helping each other, borrowing tools, 
helping fix each other's bikes. And when you become like a part of that, it's really fun. And I would honestly rather spend a day uh, at, you know, club racing level than going like MotoGP where you're just a spectator. Because in this club racing, you get to be a participant, even if it's just helping to put bikes on stands or putting the warmers on the tires or, you know, whatever. Um, it's, it's so much more fun to be a part of it. And you're, you're my ticket, buddy. <laughs> you know what nice. motorcycle does not have a kickstand? It's goddamn CBR. <laughs> He's just going to hold the bike all day. Yeah. I will hold your left. I will be ready. I will be I- so ready. And, you know, I'm excited, too, because out of all of us, Charlie is by far the most talented rider. I mean, he is just spooky fast. I mean, you know, we all think we're fast, but dear God, that man can move. And actually seeing you on what potentially is a competitive bike it's going to be interesting to see how you handle that thing. It really is. I, I think it is competitive with the modern bikes, especially at this level. Oh, yeah. I, and you know, I, you're, you're going to show a lot of the, the, the guys on the more modern bikes the way home, and really. I, I'd like to add to that that, um, yeah, Charlie is, is one of the better riders in the group, and I don't think it's necessarily because he can go fast because anyone can twist a throttle. But Charlie – rarely crashes i think the the difference between charlie and a lot of other people <laughs> is the the ability to to know where that edge is and to know where that limit is and to stay sh- shy of it do you disagree do you disagree micah <laughs> Who, who's got the the stack holio pin right now yeah but jeremy jeremy, jeremy does well, no. okay. unless he's on someone else's ride then he'll just pass the ride leader and crash three turns later oh, <laughs> I'm not saying he doesn't crash. Anyone who rides hard takes that risk. But I think that's to me what separates somebody who's a good rider, somebody who knows where that limit is and is able to just stay shy of it. You know, again, you can ride fast and reckless, but fast and safe is a lot harder. And I think that's what Charlie's able to do. Um, I'll tell you another thing I'm excited for. You guys, my my 690 got a makeover today. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. got a facelift. I really like that. So on the KTM bikes, uh, the graphics are just, it's a sticker kit. I wish more bikes had this, you guys, because it was really easy. I just put a heat gun and pulled the old one off and then put the new one on and again with the heat gun so that you can get it to kind of get the bubbles out, but also to do some of the little intricate turns and curves. And um, it looks good. And it's basically the same company kit that was on before they're good heavy duty uh stickers uh graphics um what i used it's a company called kutvek k-u-t-v-e-k and they make all sorts of graphic kits for bikes um it was really easy to go on the only reason i changed it is the graphics that were on there just weren't my style well what the bullet holes weren't enough i have a rule against uh skulls and bullet holes oh you can't have both in my case, either, <laughs> even though I did just put a skull on my other KTM, but that's on a top box. That's different. Um, the, yeah. The, the older graphics, they were a little, a little, chrome doodle. yeah. yeah um, the bike looks a lot more grown up now. 
Yeah, it's just nice, uh, nice KTM kind of. It's not really stock, but it looks like it would be a factory kind of. Nothing crazy. Orange, black, white, little bit of blue. You yeah. had to trim, trim just a little bit, right? You, you, yeah, it wasn't like a, but it was not much though. No, yeah. there was a couple of the pieces that I, th- I don't know if my bike has a different fender, but the ones on the fender didn't match the contour, so I had to just cut it a bit. Um, but it was pretty cool, and it completely changes the look of oh, it. Oh, so. good lord, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's all grown up now. I mean, instead of saying. A little bit crazy now. With the previous graphics, you would have been describing it as cray cray. <laughs> that is how much your bike has grown up. Yeah, it. Yeah, it was. Uh, it's pretty cool. I, now I want to look uh, like what other bikes there's kits for. Ooh, I wonder if my SMT. Ooh. Hmm. I mean, a lot of bikes have graphics kits, especially if they're dirt. Yeah, a lot of the dirt bikes do. Yeah, there's um, tons of them for the XR, the 650. Tons then of why aren't any of y'all using them? Because they're lame. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, black. Gonna... Black. Because they're coming black? <laughs> um, I'm going to give you a misfit top tip, Liza. Um, oh, yes. When you do an internet search for SMT, yes. be very careful not to do an internet search for <laughs> SMT because you'll see lots of people wearing shiny rubber drinking a beverage from England. Or do be careful. Well, yes. Well, thank you, Emin. And I have a top tip for you as well. Oh, thank you, darling. Yeah. Never play charades with a deaf person. You, you can't win. Oh my God. <laughs> I, I don't even know what to say to that. <laughs> hey, we're always here to help each other out, right? No, and I, I very much appreciate that, darling. <laughs> um, we had another great day in the garage. Lots of people showing up. Megan was there with her baby, Elliot. So cute. What I loved was that uh, the, you know, the baby's just crawling around and not gets down on his knees and is crawling around. When and then little the chihuahuas crawling around, <laughs> like, it's a whole lot know, of things a, crawling around the ground. It was a day for being on the ground, and I was <laughs> determined to get the perfect baby shot. And so I got down on the ground and I took a picture of Elliot. He looked like a big baby. <laughs> he looked like giant baby from ground level. Um, and we had free donuts. We did have free donuts. So big shout out to Josh. Thank you for the donuts. He brought his Suzuki in. I was afraid you'd give him bad news. Was it bad news? No, actually, it's it's. He'd run it a little low on oil. <gasps> what um, is with but, Suzuki owners on oil issues? Well, you see, I, I was, resemble that remark. Yes. <laughs> well, I was kind of pressing him on this. Yes. Yeah, so, and I want to just go back because he told me I'm losing oil. I don't know where it's going. Right. Okay. Well, let's wait for Emma. She's going to have to diddle some things. Okay, so, and this is a conversation that everyone should have about their bike sooner or later. And let's deal with Josh's case first. Mm -hmm. Josh's case was he went on a 300-mile ride, and he put in half a quart of oil because it was half a quart short. And ostensibly, you think that's quite heavy oil consumption, because if we extrapolate that to a thousand miles, that's well over a quart. However, I did a little bit of pressing and that 300 miles was done at over 80 miles an hour. 
Now, we all know, and I'm a huge fan of DRZ400s. Personally, I prefer the DR650. But nevertheless, the DRZ400 is a great bike. But 85 miles an hour is all the money for that bike. That's wringing its little bloody neck flat on the tank. So he's cruising at just a few miles an hour short of absolute top speed. Yeah, that's about right. I had mine at 93. That was going downhill <laughs> with a tailwind right, and a full tuck. And it was <laughs> bringing the piss out of it. 100. Right. So and I know we're going to get people right in saying, yeah, I've seen 100 miles an hour on my DRZ and blah, blah, blah. But the fact remains, 85 miles an hour is Emma, we're saying hi to Kathy behind you. She's sneaking in. I love how she gets down her hands and knees like she's less visible. <laughs> um, and so I said to him, look, and here's where the advice applies to other people about oil consumption. In Josh's case, it's because he was thrashing his bike. And single cylinder bikes and we've talked about this in the height of the engine and heat characteristics, do tend to use quite a lot of oil when they're absolutely at the limit, which is why when you go to a track day and there's some loony on a supermotard, they usually blow it up, right? Are you right, talking Yuri? to Yuri? <laughs> well, I mean, and everyone. Um, so oil <clears throat> consumption is as much of a problem as you want to make it. Now. As I said to Josh, look, you're using half a quart every 300 miles. The first thing you should do, change to a slightly better quality oil and see if that affects consumption. It probably won't. But nevertheless, you know that for every 300 miles this bike does, you're going to have to put in a little bit of oil, and you're diligent to that. So oil's cheap, engine rebuilds aren't. Carry on till you get pissed off with putting oil in it, and it will tell you when the consumption starts getting bad, because I watched him just blast off down the road. There wasn't a trace of oil burn on it at all. So it didn't smell bad. It wasn't laying smoke down. So the oil consumption is really very, very small. And it truthfully, it might be at very, very high end. It's actually burning in. So I told him to put up with it until how, it got how long did he? How long did he say he had it? And it was that the first, has he done an oil change on it? Yet? Yeah, he didn't oil change on it. The oil wasn't bad. There was a tiny bit of metallic in There's, it. There is a process with that bike because it's got two, it's got a uh, wet sump. So there yeah, is a process. Yeah, trying... I'm just wondering if maybe that was his first time and he just wasn't doing it right or something. But It may be. He seemed quite knowledgeable. Um, and there's there's a lot more than 3,000 miles on that bike. He said oh, it, yes. It, the tack exactly. or the uh, odometer said 3,000. Like, mm. But no. then I noticed that his, his uh, odometer uh, cable was loose. Right, it, it was, was like loose. Up. It was zip tied up it in the air. It was zip tied to the, to the <laughs> pork. Yeah, yeah. So some, like, somebody's hmm. pulled the cable and to keep the mileage down. So the bike's got some <clears throat> history. But yeah. unless you're laying a, a smoke trail behind you, as long as you're diligent, oil consumption's not a problem. But you see, I grew up with English bikes that really you expressed miles per pint in an english bike and they were never ashamed of it i mean if you look at a brochure for a triumph from the 1960s they'll say yes it does this to the gallon in terms of fuel and it does you know 500 miles per pint oil consumption it's not something that you should be ashamed of 
Um, it's only a problem with people who, number one, use their bikes hard. Number two, aren't diligent about checking it. Because topping off your oil is not a problem. Running it out of oil, like happened a couple of weeks ago, is. So there you go. Um, I wanted to share another cool story. So last week on our show, we had the Evil Knievel contest. And oh, yes. we had the winners who got Evil Knievel toys. Well, um, uh, Gwyn, who had that amazing limerick, he's from Australia and said, you know what? Go ahead and give my toy to a little kid. And I was thinking, like, who would be a good, like, how do you go about doing this? And then I thought of who would be perfect. Uh, you guys know up on um, Ocean Street, there's a, a woman who is out there every day with a flower cart selling flowers and some fruit just on the just sitting there on the on the sidewalk. Oh, by Chase? Huh? Yes. Yeah, by right Chase. in front of yeah. the bank. Yeah. And she's got like a five-year-old kid who just sits on the sidewalk playing with himself. And then she's got a baby strapped to her. And every time I go by, I see that that little kid just sitting there just playing with some little toy or book or whatever, just being such a good kid. And I thought, I know. Perfect. So I got a friend of mine who speaks Spanish and went down and introduced ourselves to the mom and so explained we have this toy to give away, and I always see this kid, and he's such a good boy. I'd like to give him this toy. So he, his name is Angel, and uh, we went over into the parking lot and, and pulled it all out. I let him pull it all out. We put it together, and he had no idea what this thing was, but he saw us pull up on motorcycles, and I'm like, you like the motorcycles? He's like, oh, yeah, right? <laughs> and so he pulls out this toy. He doesn't know what it is. Well, the f moment that I put it in, wound it up, and it shot out, and he just went, oh. <gasps> <laughs> that is so cool it's awesome that look on his face he smiled so big his eyes got big and he ran and he got it he brought it back and he's like sitting there backwards <laughs> trying to figure out how to do it did it i played with it a few times and then i took it over into the dirt on the edge and, and he's <gasps> and it like jumped the curb <laughs> and he's like <gasps> and i just kind of relived my childhood for like a moment and was like oh this is perfect so uh, thank you to Gwen for, for uh, you know, letting us get yeah. away. And yeah. I have a postscript to this story. Oh, do so you? As you? Yes. As you know, um, I always have to leave um, the recycle garage a little bit early because I have a drive back to Monterey. And it just so happens that I was on Ocean Street probably about 4.30 because I left a little bit late today. Mm -hmm. And I saw the lady selling flowers and I didn't see the little boy. And I was concerned at first. And I looked back in the parking lot because traffic was kind of slow. And there he was playing with his evil Knievel no. motorcycle uh, way yeah. back in the back of the parking lot where his mom decided it'd be safe. That's awesome. That's oh. great. That's, that's wonderful. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's what life is all about. Evil Knievel toys yeah that was fun <laughs> you roped another one in <laughs> exactly you made another misfit exactly Learn young. well and speaking of misfits <clears throat> you know i figured it's time for a game you guys like the games right yeah. this one is a new one okay all right you guys remember the old newlywed game mm -hmm. oh yeah <laughs> Remember the the infamous question on the newlywed game. What's the strangest place you ever made Whoopi? 
<laughs> in the uh, ass. I believe it was. <laughs> wasn't it up the butt, Bob? <laughs> <laughs> Honesty <laughs> might not be the best policy. All the time. <laughs> so I thought we'd play a similar game called How Well Do You Know Your Misfit? That's right, Misfit. That would be me, Emma, and Micah. So obviously, Micah's partner will be Charlie. Emma, who do you want your partner to be? Um, let me think. He's got lots of tattoos. He's got a big beard and he's got hair and arms and legs and a <laughs> face and he's all cuddly like a big bear. Rick. Oh, oh, weird. <laughs> well, that's so funny because that's the exact same description for my partner, Bagel. Hey, hey. <laughs> Bagel. Although I don't have all the tattoos. No, yeah. but you have more cats. So we'll exchange one together. <laughs> I do. <laughs> Yeah, I figured, you know, Bagel, you've been coming like every week for like seven years. You probably yeah. know me pretty good, right? I think so. So here's how it's going to work. Douglas, are you able to be scorekeeper for this game? Yeah, I can be scorekeeper. Um, yeah, you you got, a, yeah, get a pen and paper. So yeah, here's yeah. how right. it'll work. Uh, Micah, Emma, and I have already answered these questions. So I will <laughs> pose the question. Wait, how do we cheat then? What? You can't. You can't. Um, I will post the question, and one at a time, each of you guys will answer it. And anyone who gets it correct gets a point. It's as simple as that. Oh, blimey. What's all right? All right. Let's start with something very simple. So the question is, what is the first bike you ever rode so rick let's start with you what is the first bike emma ever rode Ooh, well i know you're trying to think what do they call those steam-powered bikes yeah like that thing jesus <laughs> used to race to high school on. Oh, no, um, no, no respect for emma. well no wooden I wheels <laughs> I think we're allowed. I think we're allowed to help. So no, Are you're not. No, you're not. I have a, I have a no, you're not. Question. Emma, you cannot help. No help. Okay. No help. No, wait. Question: Are you saying the first ride bike they've ever like ridden in the operator? Operator. Yeah. All right. The first bike you ever rode, Rick. What do you think is the first bike she ever rode? Sorry, Bantam. Sorry. Oh, um, God. I've got a frog in my throat. <laughs> Hilarious. You know, part of me would imagine it's going to be something something Italian and, and something dirt bike and something obscure off a of left field because that's how my Emma works. And I, it, I'm i at a loss. This is such a Take great a question. Guess. Take you, a guess. Take a guess. fucking win. Uh, Bull Taco. Good guess. Can, you know, it, actually, it is a great guess. But it was a little two-stroke. It was a BSA Bantam, BSA Bantam, little bike. Long go. before you came along in in my life, Rick. So you're excused, darling. Yeah. I <laughs> All right, um, Charlie. Point. What was the first bike that Micah ever rode? TTR125. That is correct. Ding, ding, ding. I smoke. I mean, they're like married and everything. He was there. I know. Well. Bagel. Well, you know told the rules this, of the game. I've told this story before. I don't know if you remember. 
The yeah. first bike I ever rode when I was 12 years old. Oh, God. Because I, I think the first bike, I know the first bike you ever owned was the Kawasaki KZ400, right? We're sticking with this question. Yeah. The first bike <laughs> I ever rode. The first bike you ever rode. God. Um, was it like a Honda Trail 70 or something? That is a very good guess. And no, I didn't get one of those until I was 14. The uh, first bike I ever rode was a Suzuki GS650 when I was 12 uh, years old. Uh, Mille point. Mille but point. it brings us to the next question. Right. What's the first bike you ever owned? So, Rick, for Emma, what do you think is the first bike she ever owned? <laughs> It's either. Well, this is hard because my yeah. time machine is just not working correctly today. Just take a guess, um, man. Hey, hey, Rick. Don't, gonna, Emma, cheat. Don't you, you cheat, Emma. No, I'm not going to cheat. You tried to I'm cheat gonna... last time. I'm covering Emma on the screen. Um, no. I'm going to assume that Bantam might have been something that was yours. Or is this an assumption? It's close. Wrong? It's close. All you've got to do, Rick, all you've got to do is say BSA B25. That's all you gotta do. <laughs> That's what I meant to say. Liza, all right, I'm calling foul on one. that one. Emma, Four you point. cannot give Four him point. the answers. Seven points. So no point. No point. <laughs> no point. All right, Bagel. What <laughs> was the first try, bike that I owned? So I believe the first bike you owned was the 75 Kawasaki KH400. So that is a very good guess. And the second bike I owned was a KZ400. The first bike was a CX500, the Maggot. Oh. Yes. The Maggot. Mille <laughs> points. Was that the, the plastic Maggot? Yes. Yes. Ah, yes. Charlie? Oh, wow. What it's was turbo. the first bike? The GS500? Point. Correct. All right. No. This is rigged. There's Come no on, point for that. Hold on. No point. Hold on. I mean, it's, it's like, I mean, look at them. Just look at them. Emma, do we need to get married? I All think right. we do, actually. <laughs> okay, now this is going to take a little bit of a turn. You guys know the game um, uh, Fuck, Mary Kill, basically, right? Well, now we're going there. So, Rick, if Emma were to make love to a bike, which one would it be? You owned one, Rick. Dude, quit giving clues. I'm not giving him a clue. You just gave I'm him, not him, a giving clue. him a clue. Douglas, no, I need you to be judged. Me. I you didn't need to call. even say anything. I didn't wait, wait, wait. even. It, it right. could be of a few things. I've had a few motorcycles. So I'm going to give him a that. What but bike? I do know what it is because we've yes. talked about it, I yes. think. Yes. Okay. Um, it would be Emma's version of literally what a standard Harley Davidson would be. A super glide, if Ooh. you will. You know, Ooh, it's, a, it's actually that is a brilliant, brilliant guess, but it's not correct. Just, just say it is. We can get a point, Emma. You're doing no, this but they well. know the answer. <laughs> so tell them your questions. answer. What would the answer be if it's not that? You know, you owned one. Bonneville. Oh, there you go. There That's you not go. what you said <laughs> earlier. That is what I said earlier. No, you said your trident. Well, okay. <laughs> is there another cylinder on this there? is why yeah, they're written it's down. The same thing. It's like it's half a point. Half All right, a point bagel. <laughs> yes. What bike do I want to make love to? You know this one. Um. You know this one. 
Hmm. I mean, is that the is that you're up the butt bike, the Harley XR one thousand? That is not correct. Oh, what, great what guess though. Yeah, I'm the gonna say it's a great guess. Britain V one thousand. Ah, that was I was it was between those two. Yeah, I know, I know. Ah. How many right. toys oh, do you well. have of each? I guess that would be. <laughs> <laughs> I actually don't have any toys of the Britain. I have. There's yeah, a waiting list yet. right now to get one. Yeah. I remember we were talking yeah. about it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Charlie, what bike does Micah want to make love to? F- FZ07? That's incorrect. Ha. Huh. Micah, you want to tell him? That was my original answer, and then I changed it um, later. Uh, <laughs> it's the uh, Ducati Scrambler. Yes. I just fucking love how And Charlie. Your answer was not only wrong, it was so wrong, it has sucked a point away from your existing score. And Minus one point. Don't do that to this family. Scorekeeper said no. Scorekeeper said no. All right, that next round. judging you. Hey, Rick. Now we got that out of the way. What bike does Emma want to marry? It'd have to be something refined with dignity. Emma's got the, this goozy lust. Yes. I'm. You know, you didn't say if it was the be-all end-all wife, but one of them would be a Moto Guzzi. And, you know, actually... I kind of, I kind of would have a goosey on the side, but you're absolutely no. But you're you're absolutely right that it is a bike that I own. It's my lovely RF nine hundred. That's correct. Yeah. You know, see this. This is not that easy. All right, bagel. Yes. What bike do I want to marry? God. Um, your Africa twin. Oh, that is a great <laughs> guess. And you know what? That was my first answer. And I crossed oh. it out and wrote the KTM 990 SMT just because I so comfortable on that bike. Mm. I just feel like it fits I'm, me. I'm going to allow that. Um, you get a point for that. Really? No, he yep. bloody doesn't. No, <laughs> yeah. I crossed it out. I crossed it. No, yeah, give him, right. give him a point. Give, give him a point. Give him, give him a, a third of a point. He was distracted by the cat. All right. Well, let's see. Charlie, what bike does Michael want to marry? The FZ07. Um, Judge, I need you. It counts. Um, what bike do you want to marry, Micah? I said my MT07. Oh no, no, no! I'm sorry. Not only is it wrong, Charlie. In fact, you it don't is have a so wrong. Talk, <laughs> it is so wrong. It has reduced your existing score by yet another point. The same looking, bike. <laughs> it's looking bad for Charlie. All you did was change. Sorry, that's science. Is the, it's, it is. It's is the Gladius the same as the SV650? Yes. <laughs> so, Judge, what do you say, Douglas? Half point. <laughs> Reduced okay. from your existing score. I'll agree with that. Okay, here's where it gets... <laughs> right answer, Micah. Here's where it gets funner. I have an MT. Yeah, but it's not your dream color. Oh, it's... <laughs> 
<laughs> oh my <laughs> gosh. This is what breaks couples up right here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Rick. What bike does Emma want to kill? Well, since I've gotten all of them wrong, let's see what else we can do. Um, <laughs> you know, being of the uh, the the recentish history in a service shop, I know that people that work on the Desmo things either love or hate them. But you know, I'm going to get it wrong, so I'm just going to say maybe a KLR 650 just to say she fucking killed it. You got it. <laughs> Shut up. Oh, you got it. You got it. Wow. See? A cockroach of motorcycling. Yes. And you know, truthfully, everyone should know <laughs> me well enough by now that I don't hate anything. I mean, KLR 650s really have quite a lot of redeeming features. But let's just say I love it less than everything else. How about that? Okay. Maybe the fact that they were outdated when they came out. Well, it's something like that. <laughs> um, well done, Rick. Good job. Well done, mate. All right. Um, bagel, what bike do I want to kill? Oh, God. Um, um, any bike from Orange County Choppers? <laughs> <laughs> that's a good guess and interestingly enough it will be mentioned later but no i chose the great marshmallow the pc 800 oh really oh you hateful oh, liza what? you hateful liza that's a good bike it is I, a great bike look all um, right charlie what bike does micah want to kill <laughs> oh, she's giving you the look. Um, this is exactly well, the look I mean, they used to give on the game I, show. I've got, I've got two answers. One would be the GF500, the other one would be the devil bike. So you got to pick one, dude. You can't just start shooting a lot of answers out there. What bike does she want to kill? <sighs> Maybe the GF500. All right, you want to well, tell? Why would you say I literally call it a double bike? Why would you choose that over like, oh, my first bike that I still Aww. miss sometimes over the bike that I still make fun of him? For and so, what bike I is that? I said the devil bike. I said Charlie's RM two fifty that he uh, his two stroke dirt bike, of, and it yeah okay. <laughs> The evil plan. No, no, no point for Charlie. Um, in fact, Charlie, I'm going to quote Frank Zappa here. The beat goes on, and you're so wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with an RM125. Was, that particular RM125 was fucked up. There was a lot wrong with your RM125. Yeah. All right, let's go. see. Um... All right, I think we're coming back to the next question. Let's get one that's not such a slam dunk. How about... Um, okay, Hi. you're back, Rick. Hey. Welcome back. So, I don't know what the hell happened. I apologize, <laughs> It's okay. <clears throat> Nobody knew you left. Here, here's a simple one. Hey, Rick. Yeah. 
What city did Emma grow up in? Oh, well. <laughs> there are a lot I, of I, listeners who know the answer to this question. Great. You know, she has this tattoo. And <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. It, says, it says made in England. Okay, so you've narrowed it down to what country? <laughs> I sure did. <laughs> um, well, honey, it ain't Alabama, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> no, I think I would have known that. Um, <laughs> Just start saying where it is. And we'll pick, a ci- right, right pick a city. What city did she grow up in? Hinkley Lithshire, England. No. Oh, no. You almost got that right. <laughs> it's actually, it's not far away. Rick, darling, I grew up in Birmingham. In uh, down the street. Yeah. Birmingham, which is just down the road from Hinkley. Um, but Birmingham it is. And, you know, uh, I'm gutted. I'm crushed. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let's see how well Bagel knows me. Bagel, what city did I grow up in? You grew up in St. George, Utah. That's incorrect. What? I grew up in Oakland. Oaktown. Oaktown in the house. (laughs) Nick and Jim. Hey. Oaktown in the house. (laughs) That's Uh, right. Bagel. Nil point. (laughs) <laughs> Man, bummer. All right, let's see if Charlie cannot mess this one up. Oh God, Charlie, the pressure! Charlie, like, if you get this one wrong. What Charlie. city did Micah grow up in? Santa Cruz. That's correct. Charlie gets a point. Sundays, Santa Cruz. Okay, how about? <laughs> Yeah, right. not rig, everybody. <laughs> All right, Micah, <laughs> this one's a little bit of a harder one. All right, um. Rick, what bike has Emma never ridden that would surprise most people? Ooh, like Emma's never ridden that would surprise most people. And I mean, you know, it's such an obscure question because it's like, it, you know, it's going to be a common bike and just yeah. by twist of fate. I've never ridden it. So yeah, I'm trying to think of things I've seen your butt upon and, and taking those off the list. It's um, quite a long list. Start narrowing it down by what she hasn't ridden. <laughs> yeah, right. This gets hard. I'm going to go. I don't see Emma flying through the air or ripping in the dirt very often nowadays. Mm-hmm. Um, Shit, I don't know. Let's go with the Tenere and just carry on. Good guess. Much as I love them, no, I love Tenere's and I love being on them. The answer is going to surprise a lot of lot of people. It's got to, yeah. I've I have never ridden a Kawasaki ZX6, or more specifically a 636. I've worked on plenty of them, but yeah. by some twist of fate, when it comes to the test ride. It's always been, oh, take it out. It'll be fine. Or I've been in a rush and it's just been finished and, you know, ridden on the bench. And then, so I have never actually taken a ZX6 out. ZX6R. 
quite a common bike, but yeah, surprising as hell. Yeah. Yeah. But it is, you know, it's, it's more of a twist of fate than a choice. They're damn good bikes. So I don't want people to think I don't like them. It's just, you know, it's funny how fate deals you a hand once in a while. All right. So bagel, what bike have I never ridden? And, and this is a bike that's been on my someday list, but that day has just never come. So it's a bike that I want to ride. I want to experience. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming besides the Briton. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, but no one would be surprised that I have the, not the, ridden a Briton. Oh yeah. Um, I remember you talked about this not too long ago. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ugh. I'm totally blanking though. Just um, pick anything. Hmm. Um, was it the Harley Panamera? Uh, that's a v- actually not a good guess at all because hardly anyone has written that. <laughs> well, okay, but, <laughs> but yes, one you haven't but written, that right? is a bike that I've been wanting to ride. That is on my someday list. Okay, uh, no, it's actually the Yamaha V Max. Oh, it's okay. been on my. Someday I was going to guess that. I was like. I knew, I- <laughs> Somewhere but in the back alas, of my brain, I was like, it's got to be a VMAX. Yeah, for decades. It's been on my Sunday list. Mm-hmm. But alas, Doug, you're not competing. So, <laughs> bagel, nil point. Well, I'm giving myself a point. So. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I <laughs> think you should. <laughs> there you go. All right. Charlie, what Fancy bike has Micah never good. ridden that would surprise most people? Never ridden, even for a moment. That would surprise most people. Um, mm-hmm. I've had the opportunity, but have not taken it up. Hey, is it possible you guys can get closer to the microphone? Yes. Is Thank it the you. Superhawk. Did you ever ride the Superhawk? <laughs> Look at her face. Classic. We talked about this last night. Where <laughs> <laughs> is it the Triumph? It was the Triumph, the 675. Yeah, Charlie, the Triumph 675 that you owned. Ooh. Oh, goodness. Boy, this is not looking good for you, Charlie. Even though he may win the game, he's really going to lose. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Got a few more. Got a few more. Let's see. Uh, can you do a recap of the score, Douglas? Uh, Bagel has half a point. Rick has one point. Charlie has two and a half points, and I have one point. <laughs> oh, so we're tied. Rick, we're okay. tied with Doug. Only two Let's and get half Charlie disqualified away. All right. Uh, for this next one, Charlie, I need you to just close your eyes. What? Close your eyes. She's going to smack you. Just close your eyes. Okay, thank you. What color, Rick, what color underwear is Emma wearing right now? Oh, me? What color? Yeah, Rick, what color underwear is Emma wearing right now? Leopard print, duh. That's incorrect. That's her brassiere. She's actually, well, it depends. It started out as hot pink. It started out as hot pink this morning, but she was lighting up fart so much. I'm guessing it's a tan or brown. No, brown now. It's brown now. It's the pink with the little brown dots. No, this is just hot pink. Exactly. Yeah, with a little liberty. <laughs> he knows. Little, yeah. Little Every time she farted, I'm like, brown now. <laughs> it's, it's a leopard spot freckled pink under <laughs> Yeah, thank you. Ten All right. points. 
bagel, take a shot. <laughs> uh, could, could you uh, tell me what the question is again? What exactly? color underwear am I wearing right now? None. Uh, <laughs> white? <I guess. laughs> that's, a, that's a fair guess. No, it's green. I had Emma confirm that. We confirmed each other's knickers today. And you know, I always I always saw you wearing kind of like the long flesh colored stuff. You know, that's sort of <laughs> I'm I'm wearing pantaloons. Yes. <laughs> pantaloons. Salt Lake City underwear? No way. <laughs> exactly no way. magic underpants. Charlie, what color pantaloons is Micah wearing right now? Something like multicolored or something? Okay. Dude. What got a yellow in the front, white in the middle, and brown in the back? Oh, he's in so much trouble. I know. I, I, I know. I'm a little late to this whole conversation. Yeah, did I, did I miss something? Podcast. <laughs> Blue. Good guess, Micah. You wanted to tell everyone what color your underwear is. They're red. Ooh, there we Charlie. go. Oh, you were in there big trouble, go. Charlie. Ooh, and someone wasn't paying attention. All right. Up next on Charlie Sleeps on the Couch. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> the next thrilling installment of Charlie with a black eye. I'm quivering in anticipation. See, nobody really wins at this game. <laughs> No, darling, everybody wins in this game. Oh, I'm winning so hard right now. <laughs> okay. For our next one, Rick, what is the fastest speed that Emma has clocked on a motorcycle? Ooh. With the ancient devices of measurement that were used in such a time. Yes, we had to open the steam valve fully. How many grains speed. through the hourglass? How many, how many cubits per fortnight? Seventy-three. <laughs> 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 um, no. and, and I need this in bushels, please. No, no, they're on closed courses. Converting. No, um, I'm going to go in a mile per hour figure, yep. and I'm going to say that's acceptable, and Emma can convert it. And I'm going to say. I'm going to say Emma's found herself in the north of 170s. Oh, God, I wish. No. You, you're you actually 14 miles an hour out, darling. Yeah, I'm close. We're so close. It's stupid. <laughs> it's, it is close. So, um, Wait, but this isn't the price is right. So being over means I win, right? There you go. Ten points. Um <laughs> Back in. Back they in. got 21 points now. <laughs> I'd say we're unbeatable now, Charlie. Um, no, back in 1992, um, I bought a brand new Honda CB1000 Project Big One. Um, and um, Honda very diligently said on the brochure, on the brochure, that it would do 156 miles an hour. So I had to prove it. Absolutely. So I, so I broke it in and did 156 miles an hour on the A38 just outside Tamworth at two o'clock in the morning. And it was absolutely bloody terrifying. <laughs> I was going to imagine. Yeah. Well done. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I was extremely proud of it. It was only a two lane road as well going each way. And so it's two lanes going north, two lanes going south. And um, when you, any time, and I mean, I think, 
Charlie's been this quick at least. No. When you get above <laughs> 120, it's like you're in a tunnel. Yeah. Mm. And everything is just moving so fast. You focus on a point way down the road. And it's it really is like being in a tunnel. And yeah. you're hanging on for grim death. And, and this thing had no fairing. So you're kind of in a full tuck on the tank. And crosswind and, really changes oh yeah. everything. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I picked it was one of those lovely nights you get in the late summer in England. It was very, very still. I mean, you could you could hear a butterfly clear its throat from a mile away. And so it was a perfect night for it. And I thought, tonight's the night. So off I went, <laughs> two o'clock in the morning. And uh, I can assure you that Mr. Honda was absolutely right. All right. So that bike indicated that it did what they said it would. Yes. And we are talking indicated. So, Bagel, you want to take a guess? My top speed. Um, I really have no idea, but I'm going to guess 142. Ooh. Well, thank you. You're giving me a lot. I've only yeah. done 120, and I've done it on two bikes my Ducati 900 SS and my GPZ 1100. Uh, yeah, once you, you start running out of road really fast. Yeah, no doubt. And, uh, uh, yeah, uh, the one, when I did 120, I got a, a speeding ticket. Oh, well done. But I was racing a friend on a Ducati. It was in Georgia when you're on these like long highways that are two lanes each way with a big grass median and there was no traffic. And I slowed when we got started getting up to traffic, we slowed down. And a cop appeared, and, and I remember he pulled us over, and he goes, do you know how fast you were going? I'm like, it depends. When did you see me? <laughs> right? Like, I'm like, uh, what did you get? And he's like, you were doing 72 and a 55. I'm like, oh, shucks. Yeah, I'll take that. Okay. I'm sorry, officer. Yeah. I had no idea. <laughs> I know. Never say your speed. Never say your speed. So, yeah, 120 for me. Um, Charlie, what's the fastest Micah has ridden? Um, that she's, <laughs> uh-huh. I think 107. 107. Like and what, what bike do you think this was on? <laughs> you know, I think Micah does things on my own. <laughs> like, not tell me about it. <laughs> because I never heard about it. <laughs> because she's like, that's dangerous. You can't do that. <laughs> So um, how fast have you gone, Mike? <laughs> um, Charlie, instructor. Yeah, Charlie, um, you can you can come over to my place tonight. <laughs> I, I'm one ten. Um, I want to remind everyone that tracks exist, and this is where speeds that are not highway legal should be done. And with that said, one nineteen. And what bike was it on? Uh, FZ six R. Whose bike was it? It was mine at the time. Okay. I got that bike up to 140. <laughs> <laughs> I remember I was on the back. No, you weren't. Not that time, but I... I'm no, not- we didn't go that fast then. All right. <laughs> We've got two more questions for you to get wrong, Charlie. All right. <laughs> no, I'll get them wrong too. Don't worry. <laughs> I no, I got faith in you, Rick. All right. Well, that makes one of us. All right. Rick, who has been Emma's favorite guest on the show oh. so far? Mm. Oh. Um, <laughs> it's hard because I know there's definitely a few. 
Charlie, do not look at Micah. Do not try and read her mind. I see what you're doing. You quit it with the married hanky panky garbage. <laughs> yeah, he's st- is he doing the Vulcan mind melt yeah. on her? Yeah. 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 Elspeth Beard for three hundred, please. Oh, you know what? oh, geez. Because there's oh. really two that are head and shoulders above the rest, and Elspeth's one of them. But so we're Rich, right, 10 points, we win the end. <laughs> yeah, it, it'd be nice. But she's not actually my favorite. That was my uh, guess. I got a guess. Oh, yeah, what's I'm, your guess, Jim? Yeah. That's Cooley. Yep, well done. Jim gets a point. Jim gets a point. <laughs> I, dude, I'm awaiting his answers. You're so lucky. You're so lucky I'm still on the, on the uh, road you know time, what? or else I'd be winning this whole game. I just realized, next time Is we play Jim this game. on our team now? No, I realize the next time we play the game, if your partner doesn't get it, I think it should go to the peanut gallery who who, who can guess for anyone. <laughs> and, uh, that could be fun. I got two so far. I got Oakland <laughs> and I got West Cooley. I'm and doing. You, and you know, the the only reason that West Cooley was set apart from Elspeth, I mean, I think in terms of interviews, they're both equally great. Um but it's just, you know, I've had this kind of sickly hero worship for Wes since the 70s, since yeah. he was winning races on a GS1000. And you always say you should never meet your idol because you're always going to be disappointed. And I was quite the opposite with Wes. I mean, what an extraordinary gentleman. What a wonderful life he's led even since his crash. So Wes is number one, but God, Elspeth was a good interview too. Yeah. 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 All right. So, well done, Rick, but... All right, Bagel. Who has been my favorite guest so far? Ooh. Oh, geez. I know. There's been so many. Yeah, you've interviewed all of them, pretty much. <laughs> um, oh, Jim's got a guest, too. Let's see if Bagel gets it first. <laughs> I'm the peanut gallery. Right? Okay. Oh, yeah, hold on. All right. Wow. Um Me! <laughs> God, how how do I decide? Um, These are great questions. I just want to throw that out there too. Thank you. Um, yeah, Jim Rice. <laughs> Ooh, he. We do have a autographed right up on the wall. Good guess. He was a lot of fun. He had some great what? stories. Um, no, mine is Craig Vetter. Oh, do, 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 uh, gallery. oh, oh. sorry. Oh. Is that what you're going to say, Jim? Uh, well, yeah, yeah of course. Okay, yeah. give him a point. Uh, Craig Vetter, well, because he actually, was... Actually, uh, I... Yeah. yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, what about... I, I was going to say, as far as guests go, Norman Reedus. I do have a better that was guest, my guest than too. that. No, uh, get the Westcliff ride. Norman was, was great. And he's the coolest guy ever. But Craig Vetter has been uh, my favorite because he was the first, like, big name that we got in the garage that... Um, first Hall of Famer, and for somebody of my generation, like Vetterfarians was something like I couldn't wait until I could get a Vetterfarian on my bike, and then when I finally got one, which is like, like twenty, it was like twenty years old. Somebody had like put one to the curb, and I scooped it up lovingly, and I mounted it on my nineteen like seventy seven CB seven fifty, and was like, oh, that was exactly what it needed. And I took it for a ride, and the first like bump i hit it put a dent in the fender <laughs> oh. <laughs> but i was it like was so stoked <laughs> to get that bearing on there so yeah that was a big deal for me um that was also 
really when I learned that we could interview kind of bigger names in the industry, you know, that where you have to like really be prepared, do your research, know what you're talking about. And that was the first one that I really did that for. So it was Craig for me. All right, Micah. Do you think Charlie knows who is to have been your favorite guest so far? Absolutely. All right, Charlie, go ahead. Jocelyn Snow. Ding, ding, ding. Big money. Redemption. Yeah, it is. It's because I talk about how cool Jocelyn Snow is, like, daily. Well, but that interview is also, like, key for Micah with motorcycling. Oh, absolutely. She was one of the first, like, women. Like, I remember Liza told me, hey, you should stay for this interview and for this podcast. You'll really enjoy it. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Sounds good. And usually for the podcast at that point, I didn't know anything that anyone was talking about. And I just went on my phone the whole time because I just didn't understand (laughs) everything that was happening. Um, And for Jocelyn Snow, the whole time, I was just open mouthed. And I remember afterwards just being like, you are the coolest woman that I've ever talked to in person. And thank you for being this person in the community. Because my dad also, like, he had just started riding. Yeah, I was pretty new then. Yeah. Yeah. She's definitely an inspiration. Okay, we've got one more left. And this is always the last question. So the question is, <laughs> dear Rick, what is Emma's current up the butt bike? <laughs> oh, <laughs> and I'll leave this. So if, well, if he doesn't get it right, I'll I'll put it up to the peanut gallery. See if you guys have a guess. I'm in so much. I have moved out of Emma's life recently <laughs> and haven't been able to be there with her through the struggles of the up the butt bike. Um, God, I'm at a loss. Um, you know, I know she's working on that Vincent right now. Ooh. And I don't know if that might have sparked something or when you asked this question. Mm, I like the way you think. <clears throat> but I'm going to throw a vague Vincent as an answer. Do, do, do you want to throw in a model of Vincent? Or you just want to say anything? With- I'm going to go vague because if I black <laughs> shadow and I'm wrong, then I'll be super bummed. Oh, I know. So, oh. Black shadow it is. Fuck it. Okay. Roll it. And that is, I think, the number two butt-worthy bike, but not for Miss Emma. Because um, I was wrong, of course. So, <laughs> um, Come on, Emma, put the heels on and stomp on it. Yeah, I'm sorry, guys. Um, <laughs> my up-the-butt bike has never changed. And I always use it as an example because your up-the-butt bike can be a very special bike. But it doesn't actually have to be a particularly good bike. And mine, in terms of a success and what it is as a bike, is actually is a terrible bike. But I still get excited when I see them, just like the very first time I saw one in, 19, in 1973. And it's a Benelli 6. Oh, okay. It's okay. a Benelli 750, say. And I... I remember seeing one as an 11-year-old in 1973, and I thought it was the greatest, most exotic thing I'd ever seen. And I've never changed from that opinion. I guess they are exotic for you. Yo, Mikey! Mikey. It's Mikey three times. Mikey, you're just in time. 
the, the next subject I'm going to bring you in, but we're on the last last Robo bit of our. Cop? Hold on, I mean, we're just finishing up a game right now. All right, all right, just hold on there, Mister. All right, Bagel, I think <laughs> you, you know, know this one. I think I do. What is my current up the butt bike? That would be the Harley VR 1000. Yeah, the one right behind me on the wall. Yep. Yes. We got a point. That's a real point, too. Yay. That's a full point. Oh, wait. Wait. I learned something in them seven years. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Now let's see if Charlie's sleeping on the couch. Charlie. Well. What is Micah's current up the butt bike? I want to clarify that an up the butt bike cannot be a bike that is already owned. Well, I was going to say it was the MT-07 or FT-07. Okay, but but what is it? Which is why we said current, current up the butt. I probably have to say the Scrambler. No, that's a good good answer, though. Oh, you're not in Uh, trouble. That's good. (laughs) Take the win. My next bike will be a Ninja 300 or or 400. So I that, put that. It's not your, your next bike. It's your up the butt bike. What the fuck is that? I, <laughs> I like bicycles. I want more. Like, you know, one of my up the butt bikes would probably be the Britain. I mean, you know. <laughs> so know so hold on, Charlie. Do you not approve of her up the butt bike? Is that what's happening here? Correct. She said Don't be realistic modest with goals your up, that's the up the butt bike. I've always set realistic goals for my up the okay. butt bike. You too, similar. Let, let people enjoy I'm things, Charlie. For a bike, you can go out and buy. <laughs> Maybe I'm just cheap. Doug, you remember when Megan's up the butt bike was a CM400? <laughs> yeah, she had she got one. <laughs> How much is it to rent a couch in Santa Cruz for a night? I'm asking for a friend. <laughs> so we have a we have a very comfortable futon. <laughs> oh, <perfect>. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> so what's the score, Doug? Well, yeah. Oh, so Bagel has half one and a half points. Woo, one and a half. Points. Got one point. Charlie's Ooh, got recount. three and a half. <gasps> three and a half. I've got one, and Jim's got two. Two points. Yeah. <laughs> Right. So we definitely lost. So Charlie, Charlie is <laughs> the winner. That's okay. We lost with dignity. I'd like to. I'm just proud of the fact that Bagel, we we beat Emma and Rick. I'm surprised. Fair and square. No I cheating. Mean, but, but I know that Emma has a sticker of a fried egg on her black three quarter helmet that was in her garage of the old place in Prunedale <sighs> ten years yes. ago. Yeah. If you combine Rick and Jim scores and multiply by the time that Jim wasn't here. <laughs> You multiply by 3.14. It is pie. It is pie day. Yo, is Bagel bagel a cat lady? (laughs) Yes, Bagel has become a cat lady. I am now a cat lady. Yes. Welcome to the club. (laughs) I think you're the only one who isn't a crazy cat lady, Mike. I am a fucking cat lady. I swear to God. I got the knitted sweater and all that shit, dude. I'm all about it, but my wife's working. I'm a pussy. You know what I mean? Um, hey, I wanted to check real quick. Jim, are you are you there? Oh, we just lost Jim. All right. Oh, we're hoping oh, to get Jim. And he won. <laughs> so we're hoping to get a ride report from Jim. He's been down in the Salton Sea. Have you guys ever been down oh, wow. there? Yeah, so I've been riding down here. It's, there's a lot of sand. Yeah, thanks. Really yeah, basically. Like uh, down in the Palm I've, Desert. I've, I've ridden past there. 
He's been writing in sand all weekend and I saw a it. movie about it with Val Kilmer. <laughs> <laughs> I had a date so helpful. You're once. so helpful. But <laughs> I, I do have another thing I wanted to talk about that Mike, you would actually have some input on this one. Um, but first, I want to make sure that everybody knows that we still have openings for the Chickastan trip. Micah, I wish you could come on this. I am saving for a track bike. <clears throat> I know. Well, wait a minute. You can borrow his. Um, September 6th through 19th, I'm taking a group of women riders to Pakistan. So this is for women. And uh, uh, Tamar just signed up. Dr. Detroit. Awesome. Yeah, it's going to be cool. cool. So, yeah, if there's any women out there looking for an adventure, uh, you can go to a differentagenda.com. And that's where Moin, our friend Moin Khan, uh, lists all of his tours and look for Chickistan. And that's where you sign up. I've been uh, working on it. I cannot wait. Um, can you see this, Liza? Robocop. <laughs> I think that's from Robocop yeah. 2. Murphy. That's, doesn't it look like me? Yeah, pretty no. much. <laughs> yes, the, the dome head, exactly. <laughs> it's the craziest thing. It's like, you know, when you have the half hoodie on. It's me. See? When I get like series, handsome. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Are you done, Mike? Yeah, I'm done. <laughs> Thank you. Um, you guys, so I don't know about you guys, but I watch a lot of YouTube videos. <laughs> Still laughing at himself. <laughs> <laughs> um, one of the channels I watch a lot is called Bikes and Beards. I really like it. And uh, it's this uh, guy who has a shop out in Pennsylvania, I believe it is. And he's always getting all sorts of different bikes in there and weird bikes. But one of the ones he has, one of his latest videos was. Um, Chopper. Uh, did you see that one? Exactly. Yeah, I saw it when he got it, too. Yeah. So he bought a Orange County Chopper bike. Now. Yeah, um, I saw this. Yeah, it was pretty interesting. He was talking about what it's worth now. And this was not one of the like off the the you know factory. This was one of the TV show bikes, a one off. And this was what I think it's like 15, 20 years ago, fifteen years ago, I guess. It was built for like a military guy or, or yeah. some sort of ex military yeah. person. And uh, it was at the time it was appraised at about eighty thousand dollars when they built it. Yep. <laughs> and he just bought this bike for eight thousand dollars. Oh damn. It's just did not hold its value. And he no. he wrote it and did kind of a review of why it's such a horrible bike. And basically, and then, yeah. I just want to note the bike's name is Corporal Punishment. Yes, Corporal Punishment. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I want to say that the bike still looks like it did when they made it. I mean, it's been kept yeah. maintained. It looks clean, nice. Yeah. Um, but it's a rigid and they didn't even put springs under the solo saddle. Like that's oh. a rigid too. Hey, that it happens. Is, it's I'm brutal. Gonna look up this, I'm going to look this bike up right now. So it's OCC corporal punishment. Corporal punishment. It's not an extreme, extreme anything. It's uh, nope. yeah. It's it. well, that's it's similar to that style. No, that's, that's not, not it. it. No, that's definitely but, not it. But um, he was just it saying what a horrible bike. Fancy. And the, it's got a really raked out front end, and it's got some spikes and some stuff. You know, it it looks okay. Um, and they only put uh, an 80 engine in it, so not even one of the, the big engines. Um, but it just got me thinking about customization and the trends 
that take a bike to basically unrideable, right? Uh, and like this bike is basically unrideable. It's now just a showpiece. It's yeah, there's really not like yeah. there's not much to it. it. It has like the wide, it has like a narrow front tire, but it has like that wide glide front end extended, it, yeah, which is kind of weird. It's got a 240 rear. It's all the things, yeah, yeah, yeah. fat tire. It's all the things that makes it look cool. But riding it, it's really not made for riding. I don't and, think it looks cool. And like if it's not my style. Yeah, but but that's the whole point I wanted to talk about because this is not the first uh, or the last time that bikes, custom bikes, have been taken to extremes. And I'm sure that everyone here has encountered these trends, these these extreme bikes. Emma, we were talking about this, and yeah. You said way back in the 60s? Right. Well, you know, in England, of course, there was the, the, the uh, cafe racer. I'm not even going to say it was a craze. I mean, it was a real lifestyle for a lot of people. But um, part of the cafe racer culture was putting clip-ons on your bike. Mm -hmm. Because normally motorcycles come with a standard handlebar and you kind of sit upright. In England, you know, traditionally they're a little bit lower than in America, but it's still a sit-up, right, handlebar. Now, part of converting your bike to a cafe racer would be to put on clip-ons. And clip-ons clamp around the fork leg and point downwards, which is really emulating the race bikes. Mm -hmm. And the traditional place for clip-ons is kind of butted up against the um, top triple tree. But, you know, during the mid-60s, certainly late 64, early 65, they kept getting lower and lower and lower until there were people riding with clip-ons that were basically right on top of the lower triple tree. <laughs> so your hands were actually below the bottom level of the fuel tank. And, I mean, it just just extreme to get that look. You know, just and it was just to get that look. I mean, riding a bike with clip-ons, especially if you've got footrests that are in the standard position, is excruciating on your back anyway. But riding with them so low is just ridiculous, almost unrideable. So that's just an example from normally very conservative England. And then, of course, I have that book out in the garage, uh, that Bosuzuku, the Bosuzuku. Japanese, uh -huh. Japanese oh, yeah. where they're doing crazy things with. I'm glad you went there. Quite capable bikes. <laughs> That's a and great this, book. And this is the thing I found fascinating is that we associate a lot of these unrideable bikes with uh, big twins, with Harleys or the American, but it's not. It happens around mm -hmm. the world. It happens to all different types of bikes. And if you're not familiar with them, Bosuzuku, um, they, how do you even describe it? They make it look like the bike has been crumpled in the middle, folded up. So the headlight is pointing up like a four, up in the well, they, air. And right, the, they mount the fairings at, at odd angles. Yeah. In front. And same very, with the seat. You have like 12 yeah. over two. Very exaggerated yeah. uh, flare. Yeah. And then yeah. the same and with the huge. seat. They mount it up. So it looks like the bike has mm. been tacoed. Yeah, and pipes. pipes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, loud paint, like those weird semi trucks they get down on that are fucking super cool with the paint lights and stuff. Right. It looks like you'd park your Bosuzuku right next to that. Right. Yep. And yeah. what's what I find very interesting with the culture, I mean, very much like if you build a cafe racer here in America, um, you know, generally there are the it bikes like the Viragos and the CX500s. 
in Busuzuku, there are the it bikes as well. And one of them is the Suzuki GS400 is mm -hmm. very popular. And the other one is the Suzuki GT380, the old two-stroke triple. Again, very much a popular bike for the Busuzuku. And that apparently, I, <laughs> and that's exactly, you nailed it, Rick. They yeah. like it because they like that exhaust note. They put the three-into-one pipe on it. And the 380, because it's the smallest of the triples, it's got a very, very high-pitched exhaust note. And they love playing the tune on the, on the three-into-one. It's part of the culture. And Bagel, I think you can comment. You've, you've seen this in the scooter world, yes? Sure. Um, <clears throat> I mean, of course, there, there are the, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, there are the mod bikes with, you know, the, the 50 mirrors on the front <laughs> with acting like a gigantic sail as you're going down the road on an already you know, underwhelmingly powered bike. Um, but, but there are also, uh, <clears throat> there's also, also choppers in the scooter world too. Um, there are people who will make these insanely long, you know, raked front forks on Vespas and Lambrettas. <laughs> a stretch ruckus. Uh, well, uh, no, that's there, what Mike is showing on the there screen. There are yeah. stretched ruckuses too. Yeah. Um, I mean, they, they are rideable, but I mean, of course, the more extreme you get, the less rideable they become. Um, and of course there are also, uh, there's also lots of performance customizing that's done, especially in the <laughs> scooters that, you know, where the more, the more performance work you do to a two stroke engine, especially the less reliable it gets. Yeah. So you get these crazy, you know, super hopped up two-stroke Vespas that, you know, are, you know, insanely fast for, you know, a, a half a day until they blow up. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I got to, I got to go guys. All right. See you, Doug. Yeah. Good, um, good to be here. Thank you. All right. Yeah, thanks for coming on. So Bye. Mike, you're somebody who goes to shows and, and builds your own custom bikes. And I would say that you have pretty good aesthetics because you actually make bikes that you can ride when they start. Um, Oh, what? Shots fired. I'm curious though for you, um, what uh, customization ha have you seen that you thought well, just took a little too far? On on like choppers mm -hmm. or just yeah bikes choppers in yeah yeah. Um, uh, fuck man, there's probably a couple really. I mean, the open primary on mine, I would say that's a bit ridiculous, and I mean it, it kind of looks cool, but it looks like a clock. But, you know, it makes things a bit, um, I, you know, and then the, the, the jockey ship or the suicide ship. Yeah. Like, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I, I think it's cool when I see it. And I'm like, it, it's a kind of the same kind of vibe when I see somebody who's dressed like super cool, but he's probably a dork. I don't know. Like, but I'm like, wow, that guy looks cool, but I could never pull that off. And like me throwing a jockey ship on my bike, like my, my shovel head is like, it's a beautiful, fun bike to ride with a lot of like torque. Mm -hmm. Like it's twitchy. You know, it's got the uh, um, the throttle, whatever the fuck it is. It makes it faster. Whatever. But I, I just couldn't imagine. And I'm riding. You already got that. no brakes. Yeah, you know. No, I do actually. Run. My bike, it, it does have. It have like like diesel front and rear. It's like the the one thing where I roll up, somebody would be like, "Oh, it's throwback. Like you got new brakes on the front and back." And I'm like, I don't give a fuck, dude. You know what I mean? Yeah, like I want to ride them. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. Like, this is the common sense. Like I want to live to see this thing keep going, but. Uh, it's the jockey shift, and I mean, we pull up at hills with the guys, and it just seems <laughs> unfucking reasonable. We're just like at the hill like this, and then and then, and then they're like doing this shit with the foot, and, and then like putting the hand down and doing all this, and the light and the with bike no front brake, yeah, no front yeah. brake, 
Yeah. No front brake. I mean, it just, to me, it's like, I, but again, when the bike's sitting there and you see it, you're like, dude, that's tough. That's tough as fuck. That's cool. Like figuring out the linkage and doing that shit, but it's not for me. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't think that that's necessary. And I'll even go further to say that, you know, I, like you say, it's a cultural thing. Like I love, I'm looking at both of my bikes right now. I mm-hmm. love them. I think they're beautiful. People like to talk about them when, when we roll up and that's, what's cool about it. But I also know the limitations of it. I'm not going out there to go and rip with the vampires in the fucking hills with one of these bikes. Right. Cause fuck that. I got this bike and that bike. I got a sport bike and another one. So yeah, their purpose built. And I think that that purpose is, you know, a talking point, you know, so- or like, look at me. I, I'm going to disagree with you on the open drive. I think that the open drive belts are really cool, but I have seen where people have, instead of using a belt, they put sprockets and had like chains? six chains yeah. that just shreds you your pants. Yes. Just shre- like, I'm like, okay, you've gone too far. <laughs> right. Well, the, the, ah. the primary on it is a chain. So if you were to take, so my, my bike, the way it is, is it's, it's when you have a primary on there, there is a chain drive in there and it's like a double yeah. sided link chain. And that's how it's supposed to be. I, I suppose it's designed from the factory. I'm not the Harley guy, you know what I mean? But, and I also know that there's like a certain amount of oil that's supposed to be squirted in there. So when a lot of people, what they'll do is they'll pull off the case and not, and they'll plug up those mm-hmm. holes. So what yeah. happens is that the chains create friction and eventually like they just don't work or they'll scratch or literally even snap. So those look kind of cool, but from what I hear, it's just like completely not, it's you know, snap, like, I, I feel like you get a bike like this, like you want to put attention in detail and to try to, you know, you've got something that's 50 years old. Like you kind of want to do a couple of things to kind of let it keep going while you're riding. That's why you got to run a nice 530, like a quad O-ring sealed chain when you do it instead yeah. of what yeah. the factory came with. No, um, <laughs> but dude, no, it gets sketchy, man. There, this is mine right there. You know about that damn black. There you go. Yeah. You got plenty of Oh, you got a little teeny tiny. There. Mine had a four listen, inch. Listen, I've never been said that. It's never, never <laughs> said to me that before, okay? Let's be um, honest. Rick, I want to know from you because a, a common thing that for decades has been to, to put a stretch front in, right? So, yeah. what to you is too far? What goes too far? How many? They say, oh, like over. My when you say ouch. Yeah. That's when you know. Yeah, like uh is is eight eight over? Is that too far? No, not at all. Um that panhead I'm getting right now, that thing's twelve over and okay. I'm totally fine Jesus with it. Christ. It's twelve <laughs> over on a stock rake. That's where I stop. If you're gonna go bigger than that and you're not raking it out, you're throwing that shit into some goofy uphill yeah. trouble. That's you six know? Over. I already can't touch the ground because I'm three feet tall. That's what are you like eight on that? Six, yeah. That one is six. Yeah, and six this one's one is good. And this one's eight. There you go. So twelve is pretty long. Oh yeah, that's not that bad. <laughs> and no, what, I feel like, yeah, I feel like past that point, and then it is a bit, a bit ridiculous. Um, oh, it is. Yeah, but I think it looks good for me, I mean, and I no. like the narrow front end on it. I can't stand the big old fucking yeah wide. Glide. You're doing thirty nine mil front ends too. Yeah. Yes. Totally. They so, look tidy and nice and clean. Yeah. Emma, what's the longest forks you've seen? Oh, God. I mean, I tell you, you actually... Free? Yeah. yeah. I've no, seen I, shit, man. I tell you the people who are craziest with the front end, Rick will bear me out on this, the Swedish. Yeah. The Swedish, 
Swedish style choppers. Those guys are nuts. Rigid four feet over front end. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just tiny, <laughs> tiny, narrow handlebars on it. You should just Google Swedish style choppers and you'll or be blown like, away. Like dinner plate tire in the front, it'll be like a scooter tire, like a really a tiny like, mini yeah. tire. <laughs> like, exactly. Yeah. Um, and that's too much because, I mean, ultimately, I mean, I like choppers as well. I love looking at choppers. When I had Mike's chopper in the garage and I was doing that work on the back end, I spent a huge Ooh. amount. There you are. There's a Swedish style bike. Yeah, that looks That good. one's quite tame. Wow. Um, but I spent as much time working on it. It's just looking at it and like, dang, this thing's good looking. It's a beautiful bike. You know, um, choppers are great mm -hmm. to look at, but ultimately it's a motorcycle. You've got to be able to get on and ride it without changing the color of your knickers. <laughs> well, I mean, do you want to ride the bike or show the bike? And there's two different stories there yeah and but, this is where we get into the culture difference if you, you want to show, show your bike you should be able to either a ride it to the show or if you yeah. can't ride it to the show at least ride it from the parking lot to the stand where you get your price without killing yourself or anybody else or changing the color of your underwear I don't care how cool it looks. If there's no flywheel in your motor, it's not a chopper. It's an art piece, you know? Right. I've seen plenty of that stuff, too, where it's all about the, the look, the look, the look, to where you're compromising an actual running vehicle because you don't give a shit if anyone sees it taking over. I got a question. You, know? you see that bike, uh, that one Born Free? I forget the guy, but it was like he had two of them two years in a row. One was a blue, one was Azarus, a red. And the other one, that Vintage Lazarus. Technologies guy with all the open yeah. shit. Yeah. Name, dude. It had like a half a cup of oil. The whole thing ran yeah. on because <laughs> the ceramic bearings and everything. I was yeah, telling my boss about the electromagnetic brake he did on that one. You remember? He pushed a button yeah. and the motherfucker had like a leverage go, go and then the thing like <laughs> nicely stopped. But he rode that into the show. You know what I yeah. mean? So I follow that dude on the interwebs, and that's a great point. Like that's a great case of an of a too much bike. You fucking nailed it. But I've seen that thing run, so I'm not mad about it. You know yeah. what I mean? Like to the moon and back. No, nah. like that well, dude's got a deep powder coated the open uh, cams on it too, or whatever. It, that's it, right. It, all that shit. It was so sick. It I mean, it was crazy. like straight through. Yeah, it was beautiful. He had a mirror underneath it, so you could see like open parts underneath. And, yeah, and the cam chest was, was open. All the rockers on the top were all exposed. Yeah, yeah. That's something that you put up somewhere, you know, uh, and and you just admire it. And and I I wouldn't. I don't know that I wouldn't want to ride it, but it's just. You can't ride it. I think you got to like take it home and change the oil like every time you ride it or something. It's like, put more oil in. I don't know. It's like bagel. Right, what you, what you got? Well, you you you. I was thinking about unrideable and <clears throat> the sidecars came to mind, <laughs> but but they they have a long and storied history, and I don't want to I don't want to diminish that. But there is another device that I think. I think is 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 uh, deserves to be mentioned here, which is the tow pack. Do you know what the tow pack uh -huh. is? No. It's basically like training wheels for your motorcycle. Oh, it's like you take a motorcycle mm -hmm. and you add this giant frame with yeah. two outrigger wheels on it that bolt onto your your motorcycle frame that that keep you upright at all times. But and that's... the idea is they they kind of skirt off of the ground, but. I, having but, ridden a bike with a tow pack, it's like having a sidecar on both sides. 
But that it, but that's not done in the name of like art. It's usually done in the oh. name of handicapped. No, but, but but my point my point though is that if if that's the case, and I, yeah. I totally appreciate that, but there are that's what I mean. Can Ams are the are a great you know a uh, a great substitute for that that handles much <laughs> yeah. better, is much safer, and yeah. and is designed to, to operate that way because motorcycles that have toe packs added onto them that's a tremendous amount of weight. You're adding like you know hundreds of pounds of weight to your bike. Yeah. Um, so it stresses the the drivetrain, the the tires. I mean, I've seen these toe packs do do tremendous damage to bikes before. Um, so I, I really, I mean, I appreciate the thought behind it. Where like, if you can't ride a two wheeled vehicle anymore, it's you know this great idea that you could still ride it with the toe pack. But the the end result is that it it just it just becomes a huge just just mess. And and there are purpose-built vehicles to do that that are much better options, you know, like like the Can-Am and, and other similar vehicles. Or even yeah. just a traditional trike, I would say, is, is a better option, too. So, Emma, you always talk about your beloved stretched busa. Do you think that that's gone too far? Oh, or God, do you yeah, think that it's still a rideable bike? No, stretch boosas aren't right. <laughs> and Emma's got a big old boosa. <laughs> Well, and I mean, when it's stock, a Busa is, it, I mean, it's not the most rideable bike stock. I mean, it's, it's big, it's heavy. It's a very good platform for going fast, going really fast. It's no secret that with a few modifications, if you buy a Busa, you can get yourself into the 200-mile-an-hour club quite easily. Um, Boosters, ZX14s, these are the bikes of choice for people who want to go really, really, really fast. But even at the box, it's a long bike. And when you increase the wheelbase of a bike, you make the straight line handling more stable, which is why they're basically a bike of choice for the really high speed crowd. But that detracts from cornering. And you know, if you if you put a straight line race between a Busa and a, you know, a Jixa 1000, the, it's going to be a good race. Throw in a few curves and the Jixas left the Busa for dead because it's a different bike. If you stretch the Busa even further than it is, you're really exaggerating that straight line performance and taking away from the cornering performance. And the truth is, most stretch boosters live in cities where there's plenty of curves. So it's an entirely visual thing. Yeah, I just find it interesting. And just going back to the original video watching, you know, about this hated Orange County chopper. But the thing to understand is it, it is art. And I think for a lot of these people, it's art. I mean, I was talking to Micah about it earlier. It's like, why do people do it? And then I was like, guys it's guys why do guys have to ruin a bike but micah i corrected myself in that i don't know that it was a woman who first put a milk crate on a klr which is the exact opposite of a custom chopper i'm gonna have to give a guy credit for that too so we can't blame guys for the horrible stuff if unless we acknowledge the great stuff the most practical functional bike ever made klr with a milk crate right 
But <laughs> but I do think it is funny in the name of art that that there are some of these trends that go just they take it so far. But then you do have a lot of uh, bikes that are built that are beautiful and functional. And one of the right. trends that I like in a lot of the customizing bikes now, like the Bratz and stuff, when they put like uh, knobby tires on there and you basically make something that could you could ride in the apocalypse. Like, I love that. Yeah. I love a bike that you could ride in the apocalypse. That's my favorite right now. Um but I just, yeah, I think it's funny, and, and I don't want to hate on choppers because, and that was my point, is there have been trends around the world and throughout time that things go in waves and arcs. And Can I say something about yeah. um, the, the one of the other things that, now that I'm thinking about it that I don't like it, and it, in the Hayabusa brings it to mind on custom bikes yeah. is really tacky um uh, what do you call it? Uh, really shitty kind of nineties hip hop t-shirt style airbrushing, you know, <laughs> when, when you just see those like really tacky airbrush. Pictures yeah, but that doesn't like, change the function at all. No, but it just, it's just one of those things where it's like, they could take it makes it hard awesome to look at. <laughs> yeah. And then you just like put a whole bunch of like, like, man, it's like, it's good art, but it just, it's just like, there's a, there's definitely like a threshold of like, wow, you're really talented airbrushes versus like, why well, you're a pretty good yeah. artist using an airbrush. And that's what I'm talking about. Like that kind of tacky, no border, yeah. like just kind of like, it, it just, it, yeah. it looks fucking hard. Well, I saw one with the, with the, uh, oh, what the fuck did I see recently? The predator. I seen somebody do like a predator thing on a Hayabusa. And it, I mean, it kind of looked cool, but it, it looks like a carnivorous boardwalk. Well, did it? Actually, yeah, Mike, I'll take that one step further. And this applies to motorcycles and cars. And that's when you get a really good artist, an airbrush artist or some sort of artist painting on a shitty bike <laughs> and i remember like i had somebody who had like like a shitty like a ford pinto or something right yeah. and then he had painted the hood by a, an artist friend and then when the car broke down he just took the hood off and hung it in his living room because that was worth more than the car right you know and yeah. on emma doing that little cat in the spaceship oh yeah 500 <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Another thing too is like you're saying about performance with the uh, raking out the bikes and stuff. Yeah. Like, like I first realized that when I made Freya's uh, Strider Chopper, yeah. the the lack of functionality with like a long rake and how the yeah. bike literally just fucking folds in half. Mm-hmm. Like like you, like if you're going around a turn, yeah. the bike goes like this in the middle, and what the fall away just is done. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah so yeah. like, but the good thing about it though is like in tight corners when you're back, like you're standing up and moving the bike around. You could literally turn the fucking thing 90 degrees and a bike just does a <laughs> yeah. full 360 back. Four so. clocks are for sissies. Yeah, you don't need none of that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, my sport bike, I got to like, I got to K-turn it like 30 fucking thousand times to get it where it needs to go because the, the steering's just like this. But with the, with my chopper, it's like, you know. The, the go. Fucking, yeah, the wheel is straight up like at a right angle from the frame. <laughs> the, I mean? the well, only problem I have, and you know, it's it's an upper body strength thing. Obviously, you, Mike, and Rick are both a lot stronger than I am with arms and shoulders. Is riding a bike with stretch out forks is okay for me if the bars are wide enough. As I'd say, the I bars actually, come into play a lot, right? Really. So I can yeah. actually kind of maneuver the thing around. Right. And as long as I've got that leverage, I'm kind of okay with it. But, you know, these, we're going back to the crazy Swedes. 
you see something with two feet front end and their, yep. their hands are yeah, literally... The bars. Yeah, the yeah. thumbs are together. <laughs> yeah. Totally. And I'm like, totally. you are so on the brink of being out of control yeah. with that bike. Yeah. You know, one but good bump so and you're done. Cool. Oh. <laughs> See, that's the, that's the thing. That's the thing. Well, the good news is. I don't like bunny bars. I don't like the ones that are like this. And then they scoop down and you're like, no. it's, it's like you're praying. No, you you're. And when you're turning and you get to do this bed. Yeah. Now, Mike, you're actually practical. And, and the good thing in this trend um, is that this is cyclic, cyclical, right? And that the, and that this trend that from it? the last, like, decade or uh, before of being extreme has now gone to practical and rideable. And a lot of the stuff I'm seeing is very practical and rideable, but still finding other ways to bring in art. I mean, I think Arlen Ness is a perfect example. When you look at... right. Any Arlen S bikes through the years and the amount of like engraving on the uh-huh. uh, on the engine and stuff like that. Um, there's a lot of cool, cool trends to follow. But I just I didn't want to be a total hater on custom bikes and just explain like it's it's you know, it goes in waves and people have to test the boundaries. So I just wanted to to share that. But um before we get too far in, I you guys I wanted to read some emails. And, um, what about Jimmy Boy? We're gonna do Jim's uh, ride report next weekend because he's still driving and it's he keeps dropping out. Is big dick tell you though, right if, if you can hear me, uh, yeah. yeah, I did just Mike, just just for you. I did about three hundred of some Harley's lane splitting. Fucking <laughs> there they go, mobbing. Did about is it, is it raining there? No, no, no. But Mike, you should have come, bro. I hope you made a lot of money on that job. <laughs> but uh yeah anyway and also uh i met a guy i helped him pick his harley up out of the sand so i got a harley in the sand dude uh he'd been riding hard from boston for a couple of months cool. oh, wow damn cruising anyway, cool yeah we'll get your ride report because you had a fun weekend it looked like and some har- hard riding yeah, yeah. and harsh conditions which yeah, for some reason you I love was- <laughs> Yeah, I was so checked out that I did. I forgot about the time change. That's why I was an hour late. Ah, <laughs> it's all good. It is all good. Well, let me get to anyway, some of right. these emails. And this one is from Michael. And he's, Hi, Michael. He says, your podcast has inspired me to finally get a project bike. Oh, that's cool. Oh, good Oh, So, oh, you'll like this, Emma. He purchased a 1979 GL1000. Ooh. It runs but needs a lot of detail work. He's hoping to transform it into a cafe racer of sorts. Okay. And he says, I will continue to listen to get general tips and tricks for this new project of mine. Thanks for info and entertainment. Learn and laugh. I like that. Learn and laugh. Yeah, learn and laugh. That could be our new tagline. Miss it could be Motorcycles nice. and Misfits podcast. Learn and laugh. Like it. Um. Next one is from Bradley, and he's got a good question. And what I like about this, he's right to the point. He says, Emma, I hear you talk about how Uwasa batteries are the best. Yes. But it appears that motocross batteries are from the same factory. What are your thoughts about that? And and how is the quality of DECA batteries or Motobat batteries? And this is from Brad. Okay. Um, and that's a great question, Brad. I have heard what was the other one? A DECA? Yeah, DECA and Motobat. And the- I can talk about DECA if you need 
yeah, on that one. Why let's start with him? let's start with the motocross. It's made in the same factory as Yuasa. Does that make it the same battery? No, absolutely uh-huh. not. Because the thing to remember about, and this applies to, let's use a car analogy, is Lexus is a made at Toyota factories. Mm-hmm. Is a Lexus a Toyota? Yes and no. You you know, there's a lot more stuff on a Lexus, and you know it's a little better made. Um, well, just because a they have the- isn't a, a bad battery, and I want to make this absolutely clear that a motocross isn't a bad battery. However, motobat. Well, we're talking about the motocross right yeah, now. Yeah, the motocross oh. right now. Oh. Um, I've had a couple of motocross batteries fail quite early. And you're talking like 12 months, 18 months. The thing I like about UASAs is you can almost always bring them back. Mm-hmm. If you've got the right charger, and that's part of the thing. And remember, a tender is not a charger. It's a tender. If you get a proper charger that will actually cycle your battery and if you watch a proper charger in action it'll put like 12 volts in it and then it'll flash across and pump 14 volts in it and almost kind of shock the battery and then cycle back to 12 volts and continue doing that until it's stable you can always bring your asses back motocrosses you can't always so i i stand by my statement now Motorbats are an interesting thing. They've been around for a few years now. You can always tell them because they're bright yellow. Um, they're MF batteries. They're sealed for life. I have heard very, very good reports about their quality. That said, they are expensive. They're really expensive. They're like 50% more than an equivalent UASA. Are you getting 50% more battery? I really don't know. Um, I know you've got some experience with them, Bagel. Yeah. I'm, you know, I've got to be honest with you, and it might be vanity on my point, but I put a lot of batteries in bikes. I do a lot of high-end work for my clients where money isn't really an issue. And I still get through an awful lot of UASA batteries in my builds, uh, simply because I know that it's going to cost me a little more than a conventional, just, you know, motocross or Excide battery or whatever. But I'm going to put it in. It isn't going to give my client hassle, which means I'm not going to get hassle. And if they run it low, I can bring it back. And that means a great deal to me because everything I do is guaranteed. And if somebody leaves their ignition switch on and completely flattens their battery, I will warranty that battery if that happens to them within a year, which means that if it's an inferior battery and they've killed it, it's on my dime. Whereas if it's a UASA, I can bring it back and have done Many many times. So, um, all right. If you want to, if you want to share something about motorbats, bagel, go ahead. 
Yeah. Yeah. So now this is quite a while back. Um, I had gotten a Motobat in 2008 for my uh, Vespa GTS, and it it seemed to work okay at first. Um, but after you know, just within you know, just within a couple of months, I would say even, I started having just random, very odd electrical issues with with my bike, where it would just uh, cut, cut out just randomly. Uh, while it was riding, uh, sometimes be difficult to start, um, but then other times it was just fine, and um, and it was it was an incredibly difficult problem to chase down that that literally took me years to figure out. Um, but what it com- came down to was that there was some sort of a, a failure within the battery. This is a Motobat AGM battery uh, where one of the plates was having some sort of intermittent connectivity where sometimes it would be fine and it would put out full voltage, but then other times it would drop and that would cause the electronic ignition to, to cut out. Yeah. Right. It would cause it would, wouldn't be able to start sometimes. And then, then and then it would be okay. Just out right. of the blue. It was, it was, it was a really just the, one of the most difficult tr- problems to, to track down uh, until I finally put a new battery in it. And then they just disappeared. Yeah. Mm. And I think that's it. And this is the thing. So let's go back to UASAs. They're absolutely stable. Yeah. And that's a big plus. And they're stable because of the size and amount of plates they use. Because in modern bikes, the battery is part of the charging system. The charging system's balanced. The alternator puts out X amount of AC current it gets turned into DC current and regulated by the voltage regulator, but it needs the battery as a ballast. And if the battery is playing up and giving, you know, voltage spikes, it can easily take out the alternator, the reg rack, or in extreme cases, it can fry your CDI. Yep. And I've had all of that happen. So there you go. So it's vital you have a very stable 12 to 14 volt platform before you even decide to try and diagnose electrical glitches. So, um, you know, I've got to say it's UASA all the way for me. All right. I just want to say one thing yeah. that he was working on an electrical problem for fucking three years and it took you that long to, to, to look at the battery bagel. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. Even I know better than that. Well, you know, every time we the hell's the matter it, with you? Every time I tested it, it tested good. Yeah, if it's you know? if it's fluctuating, you won't do that it. again. If you have oh, a right. problem, right? I won't do but that again. The hell's the matter with That's you, man? But can we just check the battery? So, right. can we just talk about testing a battery? Um, Wait, I just want to say something before I say something, and I'm just kidding, Bailo, because I guess swear to God, if I hear a fucking noise on my bike, I'm dropping the engine. <laughs> and all this shit and then someone's like dude it was just a fuse that popped why is your engine disassembled and i'm like uh uh so i go full retard um the the only proper way to test a battery is load test it that is the only proper way yep. you cannot put a voltmeter on a battery and say it's good or not yeah, and no, when i say matters. Yeah, when I say load testing, if you've got a proper load tester, it's got big, heavy cables like a, a, a jumper cable. You connect them to the battery and you put a load on it. 
and hold it for a second and then flick it off and see if the battery recovers. And time and time again, especially on cheaper batteries, you'll have a battery. Okay, it's holding 12 and a half volts. That's great. And you put a light load on it. That's great. It recovers. But the moment you put a heavy load on it, it dies and it won't come back. Your battery's toast. So if you're, here's the, here's the Misfits top tip. If you've got a battery that you think is suspect, you either have to take it to your local bike shop or your local auto zone and get them to load test it. You're speaking in generalities. Why don't you be more specific, like what you did on my bike last week? Like because what? we're at the end of the show and don't have enough exactly. time to get into it. I'm just saying because she was, she did exactly the same thing to my bike last week. I didn't even have to pull it out of the bed, and she just pulled the tester out. And what did you do? Load tested it. Yeah, I load tested did. it, and it failed. Um, yeah, it looked fine. It was 12 and a half. And all she did was turn the key on. And the minute the key went on, it dropped to like four something. Yeah, and that was an e- that was an easy fix, Mike. Did you get a UASA, darling? Oh, you know I did. And did you put it in the bike? Oh, you know I did. I rode that bitch the other day. And let me and tell you something. Running and charging it's, fine? Yeah, it's working. It, it, this thing is, is running like a son of a bitch. Who's talking shit about Motobat? Well, I had, I had <clears throat> years of headaches with Motobats, yeah. You never now, put one in a Savage 650. That's why. Well, maybe. And and, and this was a long time ago, too. So so hopefully their quality has gotten better since then. So, you know. this is. I just don't like that they're like bright yellow. You know, it just. I appreciate okay. your input on that, Mike. However, okay. I have another yeah, yeah, yeah. email to get to. <laughs> we'll let them know. Whatever. Um, <laughs> this one says, hello, Misfits. This is from Steve. I heard Miss Emma is opening her garage soon. <laughs> And that there will be cool swag to buy. How and when can I get a Give It The Beans t-shirt? Mm. Oh, God. Um, soon, darling. So okay. here's, let me give you a very quick update on the garage. Um, there was a slight hiccup, and it was a communication thing between me and the landlord. He provided me with the room I wanted, but left bare studs on the one wall. Yeah. Um, and to our English listeners, those are timbers. And I said, look, I know it's a workshop, but it's a nice place. I want you to put some drywall sheetrock on that wall. And he agreed. I think I'm moving in tomorrow. Okay. If that is the case, the first couple of days, I've got to paint it. I'm going to do it like a commercial kitchen. Everything's going to be gloss white with a gray floor. When I've done that, all my furniture goes in. When I've done that, all my bikes go in. When I've done that, Everything gets set up in the arrangement I want. When I have done that, I'll be putting together the merch. Okay, which and is the, a long way of saying about two months. I At least two months. Okay. So, fa- Steve, thank you for your inquiry. There will be merch available. It'll be very reasonably priced. Um, so if you order merch from me, I know I've got to be quick. Um, you're going to get, if you order, say, a T-shirt, you'll get a T-shirt, you'll get a business card, you'll get some stickers for your bike. You know, you'll get a lot, but please be patient. When you when you stock clothes, it costs a lot of money because you can't just get one size of clothes. Everything's going to be black, so it's just one color. Hope you like black, but 
you need a ton of sizes. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a couple of thousand dollar hit to get clothes. Sorry, Liza. I'm done. <laughs> I got a guy if you need. All right. Uh, look, like we're, we're going over time, but there's one more, and this is a good one, and it relates to the last question. And this one is from Eric. And Hello, Eric. And he says, I was listening to your latest podcast while returning to Santa Cruz from the Sierras yesterday, and I heard Miss Emma is opening up a shop. So yeah. I wrote down the name Mototown as the name of her shop, but I can't find any info on how to contact her. I'm interested in bringing in my KTM 690 Enduro to see if she can help me bleed my front brake. I know you have a 690 as well, so I'm open to any tips you have for bleeding the 690. I've tried bleeding the standard method of pumping the lever, holding, opening valve, repeat to no avail. The fluid just doesn't move. And I've tried bleeding with a vacuum, and I've tried bleeding from the caliper up to the master cylinder, and I can't get the fluid to move no matter what I try. I pulled off the master cylinder, blew out all the ports, confirmed I get pressure on my finger when pumping the lever, so I'm pretty sure the master cylinder is okay. I don't know if the ABS is preventing a successful bleed or if I'm just missing something obvious. So this bike, um, he last rode it on a 10-day trip from Santa Cruz to yes. Colorado in late 2017 for a KTM rally. It then yes. sat in his shed for way too long and right. time was not friendly to the front brake. So he says, I'm at the point where I'm out of ideas and want to get back on my bike. Can you put me in touch with Emma? Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help you right now, Eric, and I will help you. The telephone number for Moto Town, now bear in mind I'm not in business now, but you can all write this down. Telephone number for Moto Town is 831-760-8252. 831-760-8252. Don't book your bike in now. I can't fix it now. Send me a text. Say hi. Just tell me who you are. So, and Emma, when they call that number, what phone will you be answering on? I won't be answering. That's my business phone. Ah. Um, I've got it. It's a mobile phone. Just please send me a text. So, I've got plenty going on. However, let's get down to his front brake. Here's the trick. Yes. Eric, pay attention, darling. Take the caliper off the bike. Jam a piece of wood, a folded up piece of cardboard, something that's about the same thickness as the rotor in the pads, because mm -hmm. we don't want the pads crushing together. Undo the bleed nipple, stick a clear hose on the bleed nipple, and, you know, a little container to ca catch the brake fluid and stand on a chair. And hold the caliper above your head. The higher you hold it, the better it's going to be. Oh. And get bleeding. I see. So you get the air bubble up to the top. Yep. Trust me. Does he really need to Easier stand to on a up. chair? Can he not um, just hold it above you, the master well, cylinder? You know, it's a game you can play with your friends. How it, it, with no shirt a nail on a post. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> it's... It's going to be tricky because it's limited by the ABS because his line goes from the master cylinder through the ABS and into the um, back into the caliper. But nevertheless, the same rules apply is hold that caliper up high and it'll do it. What about that? And if he has if he has any problem, um, 
I'm, I'd be thrilled to help him and I'd be honored to help him because I do work on KTMs. I specialize in foreign and domestic only. That's all I Basically work on. Basically pain in the ass bikes. Doesn't that make everything? Foreign <laughs> and domestic only, Charlie. Good listener. Can, can I just share real quick? Um, years ago when I had a CB900C here and I had uh, rebuilt the calipers and put them back on the bike, and I kept bleeding it over and over and over, and I could never get it to work. And I think Doug was the one who finally helped me figure out that <laughs> when I put it together, the bleeder valve opening was the same size as the banjo bolt opening. And I put the bleeder valve oh. uh, below the banjo bolt above Oops. So there was a pocket of air. I mean, I was just like, I just put it together. It looked like it fit there, right? <laughs> always had air. In and your, I'm like, I always had a giant air pocket in it. Well, that was a killer. <laughs> well, you know, famously, Bonnevilles, um, like Rick had, you actually had to drop the rear caliper off the bike to bleed it because the bleed nipple really should be the highest point. And when it was bolted together on a Bonneville, it wasn't. You could never bleed them. So you had to actually mm. drop the caliper off and t twist it and then bleed That's it there. Like, yeah. um, but if Eric has any problems, the reality is, and it breaks my heart to say this, look, I've got to move in. I've got to get my business license, my EPA license, my Bureau of Automotive Repair license all sorted out. I'm not going to be doing work on bikes much before May. Bureaucracy takes time, and I have to do it right because I'm kind of high profile in this town. Everybody knows me. Everybody knows what I'm up to. So, and I want to do this right. So I have to do the correct thing before I can work on your bike. Emma, not to take business away from you, but... Would this be a good candidate to just have him come to the garage on a Sunday? I would love him to come to the garage there on a Sunday. There you go. Eric, there's your invitation. And that's an open offer to anyone. I mean, if you bring your bike to Mototown to have it worked on, the advantage is it's going to be at a bike shop. You can drop and run, or you can sit on the couch and drink coffee and watch me do it. But it's standard shop rates, which means, you know, it's 150 an hour. now. If you can afford that, that's just great. But if you can't, bring it to the garage on Sunday. Yeah. And if, if that's all you need, I'm not going to be fixing it, but I'm going to be standing over you while you're fixing it. Yeah. And that's nearly as good, right? Well, there you go. And I'm just going to throw that out to anyone else because we had some great visitors today. Um, if you want to come visit the garage, you can come on over on a Sunday, hang out. We like visitors, especially ones that bring donuts. <laughs> oh, donut good. <laughs> well, I think that wraps it up for now. We got some more emails I'm going to save. But big thank you to everyone who sends them. Keep those emails coming. We get to them as much as we can. And um, I think you got we got uh, helped a lot of people today. So um, you guys, Newlywed Game, or we got to do that again? I just like seeing Charlie get in trouble. I think I got to create games where I ask Micah questions and get Charlie in trouble. Totally into it. <laughs> that was the best part for me. Yeah. It was um, like reality TV, but better. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Hey, I'm and. Uh, be that funny for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> and just remember, if you would like to see a video version, see what we look like, 
uh, go on over to our YouTube channel. <laughs> um, you guys, I don't know if you know this, but I've now been editing the podcast and the 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 Zoom uh, video on the same night. But it takes so long to upload this video. It's usually not out till Monday morning. But uh, yeah, which reminds me, I got to get to work. I got some stuff to edit, man. Um, and I got more video of stuff around going on in the garage. I posted last week, just uh, stuff we're doing. Um, that'll be out in the middle of the week. So go to our YouTube channel. I think it's Recycle Santa Cruz on YouTube. Right. Sounds good, I think. Yeah, that's it. Check it out, and you can even go back and look at some of the videos that Mike used to make. Um, a lot of fun stuff, fun times. Talk briefly about the first time I wrote a TCR-125, that video is on the YouTube channel. Oh, Charlie, you need to watch some more videos. Yeah, the first time Marie ever drove a sport bike was Zach's. We got that on video, too. Yeah, a lot of cool stuff there. So I think it's ready to wrap up, and this is when I say thank you. To all of our listeners, thank you to our Patreon subscribers, especially, and uh, just to all the misfits out there. We love you guys. Uh, keep it coming. We love all the communication and the guests. Um, I think that's it. So we'll keep you up to date with Emma's Mototown Garage. Emma, there's no reason you can't get those Give It the Beans t-shirts ordered now. I mean, come on. You, Mike, you got a guy? I got a guy in New York. What the hell are that? As good as that going to do me, darling? Was this like a back alley deal? Yeah, hey, uh, I, 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 I know a girl that makes some shirts. Uh, you know, give me a. All right, see, Emma, yeah, get on he it. Gives, he get gives on you it. a good deal. He does Action. all my business, all my business stuff. Okay, and all I'm, right, so I'll get. You know, I've got a lot of things to do this week. But my promise is, yeah, let's get those shirts done, and just so everybody knows. The the black and the Mototown logo is blue. It's large on the back and on the front, you know, breast pocket, it's it's smaller. But it's a really cool looking t-shirt. It's a great looking logo. It looks like it's neon. Um, it's a cool t-shirt. You'll look good around town in it. And Will it get me laid? Yes. <laughs> it's absolutely guaranteed. Um, Even in a you- trailer? Absolutely. Hey, hey, if this trailer's a rockin' uh, whatnot bumper sticker. <laughs> hey, darling, I absolutely guarantee if you wear that T-shirt in downtown Auburn, a sailor will follow you home. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drop a little teaser here. Uh, you know, for all of our Patreon subscribers, um, in the $5 or more category... I do something a little special every year. Everyone gets something sent out to them to show my appreciation. And I've been working on uh, that new thing. Some people have seen seen some images. Um, so just know that's going to be coming soon. For the spring, there's going to be uh, some Misfits uh, treats coming soon. So big thanks again to everyone. I think we're ready to get out of here. This is Liza. Bagel. Charlie. Micah. Emma, darling. I'm Rick. Hi. <laughs> and we're out of here. Cool, cool. Cool, cool. <laughs>